Hallelujah. Would you just lift your hand and give the Lord praise tonight? Give him praise in the house. Hallelujah. He's so worthy of our praise. Uh, we can't praise him enough. Amen. You may be seated tonight. How many come expecting? Yes. I said, how many come expecting tonight? Yes. Now, as a pastor, let me give you a little word of warning about expectation. We Pentecostals are so guilty of coming in the house of God and we say we have this expectation, but then we want to tie details to that expectation and we want to fabricate something in our mind or we want to manufacture something in our mind. We want to try to package it of how God's going to do it. And when we do that, what we absolutely do is put limitations to God. You know, one of the things that I want you to understand, don't get so caught up in the procedure that you forget it's the person that you keep your eyes upon. It ain't always the pattern that God does things. He may do one thing a certain way with me, but he's got a different design for you. And I want you to know my blessing cannot satisfy the blessing that God's got for you. And so therefore, you've got a tailor-made blessing coming tonight. It's already detailed by God. It's already God's got it designed. He's already got what he wants to do. And I want you to expect God to do what you need done, but I don't want you to tell him how to do it because you know why? The way that God does it, it'll be perfect and he'll get the most glory out of it. Can I have an amen? Oh, somebody look at somebody say, that's wisdom. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How many enjoyed the service this morning? Wasn't that powerful? I've had several tell me, said, Pastor, that was the best sermon I've ever heard you preach. And I've took down names, and I get the pulpit next Sunday, and I'm going to point out some brothers and sisters that's kin to Satan. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. All the time. Amen. Are you ready for the goodness of God to be poured out upon his people? I said, are you ready for the goodness of God to be poured out upon his people? <laughs> I think you're ready. Romans 2 and 4 says, Why despisest thou his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering? Not knowing that it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance, that brings us to him. So I'm ready for the goodness of God. Amen. Would you welcome to the pulpit our our, our dearest friend that has come all the way from Alabama to be with us, Brother McGlamory. Would you like, welcome him tonight? Come on, one more time. Give Jesus praise in the room. Come on, we can do better than that. I'm going to need some more right here. Come on, we can do better than that tonight. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you know the turnaround's on the way? Can I get a witness in the room tonight? How many are expecting the turnaround's already started? You about to go 10 to 10 and see what God's about to do, amen? Hey, do y'all know the old song that we sing with that? God is so good. Come on, can I take grandmother back with me? Come on, mama. God is so good. Help me sing, family. God is so good, is so good to me. We used to sing it like this. And he 
if he's been good to you. One more time, can you give God praise in the room before we get to the word? Come on, that's about half of us remembering how what God has done for us. Come on, somebody think about what you used to be like before you found Jesus and you experienced the mercy and the goodness of God running after you. Hey, I feel him. Thank you, Jesus. He's good, he's good, he's good. Man, I feel him in the room. I can sing a little while, but I better get to preaching. Love on this worship team, man. Let them know we love them. Great job. You guys are blessed. Just remain standing quickly for the word of God. I, I, I want to, I know I, I do that to you, sorry. That's just my custom to stand for the reading of the word. And thank you for letting me do it. One more time, let me visit for just a second. Y'all didn't know you had a cousin in Huntsville, but you do. It's good to meet family in Poplar Bluff. Come on, all right? And uh, just glad to be with you. And you have made Amy and I feel so welcome. And we just, uh, we are thankful to be here all day with you. And uh, this is our second visit. And we just, we love the Millers. We love this church, your, your pastoral team, your leadership. Uh, God has favored this house, and I know you know it, but we're so glad to be with you tonight. Pastor, First Lady, one more time, we just say thank you for extending an invitation for Amy and I to come and to be with you. And we have just loved hanging out with you. And I just appreciate you guys so much. The vision of God that has unfolded over the past 37 plus years. It's amazing to see. And here's the good news. He's not done yet. And I can't wait to see what God's going to continue to do. And we're going to celebrate everything God does from Huntsville, Alabama. You better text me and tell me so I can give you the running man all the way across the screen and the, the hands in the air like I really do care. Come on. So we're going to have a, have a good time together. But I thank, I thank God for you, Pastor and First Lady, and I honor you. I'm always glad to have Amy travel with me. Y'all have met her, the ladies have, and she'll be, yeah, she'll be in Branson with the State Ladies Conference in a, in a few few weeks. But I know you look at, y'all are looking at her and you're looking at me and you're thinking, how in the world Jesus has been good? Come on, can I, can I get a witness in the room? Somebody said one time, I said, Pastor Kevin, man, you, you outkicked your coverage. I said, I sure did, but I got a good defense. Come on now. So God is good to us. Come on, grab your Bible with me. I feel like preaching tonight and I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. I, I was praying a little bit this afternoon in the room, and I'm asking the Lord to perform the miraculous tonight. I'm asking him to do what only God can do. I can't do very much, but the Holy Spirit can do amazing things, miraculous things, things that people will point to and say, how in the world? And will say, it's because the God that we serve, he's able to do it. I know whoever's in the back, I've got multiple scriptures there. Just go to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, a supplemental scripture would be James chapter 5, uh, verses 16 through 18 that I'll read at the end. But I want to I wanna launch from 1 Kings chapter 18. I want to talk to you on this thought for just a little while tonight. Push to get your miracle. Push to get your miracle. Look with me, 1 Kings chapter 18, 41 through 44. I'm reading from the Amplified. If, again, if you don't like that version, just read the one that you have. If you don't have a Bible that's leather bound or one that, that glows, it'll be on the, it should be on the screen for you. And uh, let's read together. Now Elijah said to Ahab, go up and drink, for there is the sound of a roar of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he crouched down to the earth, and he put his face between his knees. Now, there's a lot of preaching right there that I hope to get to in just a minute. And he said to his servant, go up and look towards the sea. So he went, and look, he went up, and he looked and said, there is nothing. 
And Elijah said, go back seven times. Now, can you imagine somebody telling you, go look for something, you ain't found it the first three times? Can I just be real with y'all for a minute? About time number three, I think I'd have said, why don't you go look for yourself? Now, y'all probably wouldn't do that. Y'all are more spiritual than I am. That's why the Lord brought me here for y'all to help me out. But he said, go look again seven times. And at the seventh time, the servant said, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. This is what he saw. He saw this right here. Saw a hand coming up, a cloud about the size of a man's hand coming up from the sea. And Elijah said, you better go say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down so that the rain shower does not stop you. What he said, go, servant, go tell the king, it's about to rain cats and dogs. I don't know if y'all say that in Missouri. That, that's from a papaw in North Georgia. You know, it's about to rain cats and dogs. You better get yourself out of here or it's going to slow you down. I want to talk to you for a little while tonight. Man, I feel the Holy Spirit right here. I want to talk to you about pushing to get your miracle. Again, I don't know, Pastor said it a minute ago, I don't know what your expectation is, but my expectation is if we're going to come to church on a Sunday night, God's going to do something mighty in the room that we're going to point to, and we're going to leave this place knowing that we've been in the presence of a mighty God. I'm telling you, somebody's walking out of here differently than the way that you came in tonight. That's my expectation in the room. Listen, Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for the atmosphere. Thank you for everything that you're doing tonight. Thank you for this mighty church. God, the best days of this house are ahead. And I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to stand behind this sacred desk of, of Pastor Miller. And I pray, Lord, that preaching would be easy, enjoyable, and effective. The touch of the Spirit of God would make the difference. Now open up our heart. Open up our spirit. Open up our ear. Let us be receptive to the word. And let us do what James said for us to do. That is to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And we thank you in advance for everything that will be accomplished in this place. To God be the glory for those things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. Before we get to the main text, let me give you just a bit of background about the prophet Elijah because he was a man just like you and me. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, he dealt with the same weaknesses that we deal with, the same infirmities, the same frailties, just like everybody else. He was a man just like us. In fact, he, he realized that he would be completely dependent upon God in multiple situations in his life. But he was, a, he was a man of passion. He was a man of devotion. He was a man of courage. He was a man of boldness. The prophet Elijah declared in 1 Kings chapter 17 that there would be a drought in the land, no rain or dew except at his word. And there was a spiritual drought under the pagan leadership of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. I don't have time to talk about all that, but just know this is what was going on in the, in the time. There was, there was a physical drought. And after this declaration, God told the prophet Elijah to go to the book the brook called Cherith and God would sustain him there by giving him water from the brook but also he would have the ravens come and feed him if you don't know anything about the ravens ravens are considered dirty birds if you don't know what the word Cherith means the word Cherith means to cut off or to separate sometimes God has to separate us for moments of preparation of what he wants to do in our life in the future 
Can I just tell you that sometimes God tries to get you to the brook called Cherith because there's a work that he needs to do in your life that he's preparing you for. He's separating you, pulling you aside so that he can pour into you the things that he wants, less of you and more of him. God gave the prophet Elijah instructions to leave the brook Cherith as time was finished there and go to the next place called the village of Zarephath. God was sending Elijah into an evil pagan land for testing. Sometimes God will take us to a place that we never really wanted to go, but it's a place to test us, again, for preparation for what we might have to face. And the Lord told him, you're going to meet a widow woman there and she's going to provide for his needs. And he says, stay there until I give you further instructions. So Elijah gets to this village and he finds this widow woman and he says to her, he makes a bold request to her. He says, would you please bring me some water? And he's like us. He said, could you bring me a little Jiffy cornbread? Come on. How many know Jiffy cornbread's good from time to time? He said, bring me some, some cornbread bring me some bread and bring me some water. And he then finds out how poor this widow woman is because she indicates that she's about to run out of oil and she's about to run out of flour. That sounds like an interesting place for the Lord to send the prophet and send him to a woman who would take care of him who really didn't even have enough to take care of herself. But Elijah tells her this. He, he makes this proclamation to her. He says, if you will bring me first, this, this water and this bread, I want to tell you that the God that I serve is going to see to it that you will have what you need to survive during this drought season. And so the Bible indicates that she was obedient to uh, the request of the prophet and that obedience positioned her for the miracle of God. Can I say this to you? Sometimes when God gives you a request that stretches you, if you just be obedient, that might position you for the miracle that's about to manifest on your behalf. See, God, God reversed the circumstances of this woman and he could do the same for you. He wants to reverse your fear with faith. He wants to reverse your lack with plenty. God is looking for obedience. And Elijah obeyed the word of the Lord to go to the village Seraphath and this widow obeyed the command of the prophet and she began to receive her miracle. God kept his word and she did not run out during this drought season. Now, if you continue to read in, in this book of Kings, King Ahab tries to call out Elijah for the famine and the drought that was in the land. And the Bible indicates that he calls him a troublemaker. And quickly Elijah responds and says, I'm not the troublemaker. I'm going to tell you something, King, it's you and Queen Jezebel. He said, I, I'm ready to, to put this uh, all on the line and I'm ready for a showdown because I know some things that you're doing by supporting these false prophets. And he says, I want to call everybody to the top of Mount Carmel and we're going to settle this thing once and for all. It was an okay corral moment before we even knew there was such a thing. He said, we're going to go to the mountain and you bring the prophets of Baal and you bring the prophets of Asherah to, and you show up on the top of this mountain and we're going to see who the true God is. So can I suggest to you what he was really saying to them is that we need to make up our mind if we're going to trust the Lord or we're not going to trust the Lord. See, there is nothing that can take the place of our God. No idol can take the place of our Lord. And we're going to have to pledge our allegiance to him. You may have to 
to take a stand in the day in which we live, you better be able to stand on the firm foundation that is this great book called the Bible. There's going to be a time where we're going to have to declare we're going to align ourselves with the things of God. We know it to be true and we will not compromise our standard nor our belief. And the prophet said enough is enough. I'm tired of all of this. I'm tired of all these idols in the land. And I'm going to prove to you who the one true God is. And so Elijah was outnumbered but he was not afraid to confront the enemy. Can I try to tell you the enemy will try to intimidate you to get you to back down but you just remember the God that is for you. And if God is for you who can be against you? You already outnumber the enemy and what Jesus took care of on Mount Calvary we are victorious tonight and we can walk in the victory that God provides for every single one of us. So he says, I'm going to stand. You're going to compromise, but I'm going to stand. And then he says, we're going to rebuild the altar. He talks about addressing uh, uh, what, what needed to be done. And I love this because as he, as he does this, as he rebuilds the altar, what it really symbolizes is he's addressing the spiritual issues of the day. And, and, and can I just say this about the altar? Some of us need to revisit the altar. Some of us need to revisit the altar. The altar is a place of sacrifice, but the altar is a place of blessing. We need to get back to the altar from time to time and remember what God has done for us there. So he, he calls these prophets to come together, and they all show up there, uh, right there on the top of the mountain. And, and, and he, he begins to do what, what he needs to do in that moment. God showed up in the middle of, of, this, of this showdown on the mountain. You know the story if you've read it. He allowed the false prophets to go first. He said, go ahead and, and call out to your God. And so they begin to chant. They begin to shout. They begin to dance. And I love what the prophet did. He started making fun of them just a little bit. He said, well, maybe your, your God is asleep. He, he, he said, well, maybe your God is relieving himself. If you don't know what relieving him, yourself means, ask pastor after the service. It means going to the restroom. Come on, can I get a witness? He said, maybe your God is taking a nap. He just gave it to him, just, just right there on the top of the mountain. And he said, if you're finished now I want to take a minute and I want to talk to my God the one true living God and then he put the sacrifice on the altar he said you can go get some water if you'd like and dump it on top of the sacrifice then he began to pray he said oh God let's show them once and for all who you are and what you're capable of and if you've read the story you know fire comes down from heaven and consumes the sacrifice licks up all the water licks up all the dust consumes everything of the altar can I tell you our God is a consuming fire and if you'll call out to him there is not one thing that he can't take care of aren't you thankful for the God that we serve and what he is able to do in our lives so he proved himself after Baal did not show up he proved himself but let me just say this as we get to our text tonight that sometimes that we're going to have to push to get our miracle let me remind you, this, this, this uh, text talks about how the man of God went to the, the top of Carmel and he put his head between his knees and it's, a, it's, it's symbolic of positioning a prayer, a posture for prayer. And let me just remind you of what prayer is. I know you know this, you're smart people and I, I know your pastor has taught you well on prayer, but let me remind you what prayer is. Prayer is absolutely necessary in the life of the believer. Prayer is petition. Prayer involves praise. Prayer is thanksgiving. Prayer is confession. Prayer in its simplest form is talking to God and taking the time to be quiet so God can talk to you. 
And prayer is communing with him. It, it builds our relationship with him. If you want a relationship with somebody, guess what? You're going to have to talk to them. But then you're going to have to be quiet and listen a little bit. I love to tell the story about when Amy and I first went out on our first date. We went to this real cool restaurant. It was called Shoney's Big Boy. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Kids, just look that up. It actually was a restaurant back in the day. You may have to Google it, but it's for real. Where we lived, it was the biggest game in town. I mean, you went there to take people out. It was a, it was a happening spot. I mean, you got a water glass and silverware in a plastic sleeve. Come on, where are the real people at with me? And so while we were there in that restaurant, I was, you know, it was our first date. And, and Amy and I both uh, are, are, are uh, people who are not afraid to have conversation. And so we were talking a little bit, and I noticed that I wasn't getting to say much. I was really enjoying my food, but Amy was doing most of the talking. And so finally, at one point, I really did want to interject to the conversation, and I went. <laughs> the server thought I was trying to get her attention. I said, no, I'm just trying to get her attention, but thanks for checking on us. And she goes, did you want to say something? I said, I do. I don't know if it's relevant to the conversation anymore, but I would like to say something right here. You see, many times we want to, in times of prayer, we want to tell God everything that he needs to do and everything that we want. There are moments in, in, in prayer where we just need to be, be quiet for a minute so that God can give us specific direction for things that he wants to happen in our life and things that he might need us to do. You see, prayer is the mechanism that God has decreed that is absolutely necessary for him to release the plans of what he wants you to do and what he has for your life. You, maybe some of you are not sure what God wants you to do. Why don't you hit the prayer closet for a little while and get alone with him and get away from the distraction? and watch what he'll say to you. So Elijah has this showdown on Mount Carmel as we described a moment ago with the prophets of Baal. And in fact, after proving that Jehovah was the one true God, he took care of the enemy, commanded the people to seize the false prophets and took them down to the Kishon Valley and he killed them. Can I just throw in right here? Sometimes you just need to go ahead and take care of the enemy once and for all. Go ahead and settle. Let it be done. Let it be finished. So after, after we look at all this background, this is where we pick up our text and three thoughts that I would give to you tonight. Number one, if, if, if you're going to get your miracle, number one, you, you're going to have to get close to hear God. You're going to have to get close to hear God. The Bible said in verse 41 of chapter 18, and Ahab, Elijah said to Ahab, go up and drink for there is the sound of the roar of abundance of rain. When you look at this phrase and, and you look at the original meaning, this here a sound of abundance of rain means in Hebrew, a voice of a noise or a humming noise. Everybody knows what it is to hum, right? Mm, that's humming. You know, you, you, you've hummed before, right? Some of you hum your favorite song. You know, I'm not going to hum mine right now, but I mean, you, 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 you hum, the, hum those noises. Or you, it, it, it's a voice or a, of a noise or a hum. It also could mean I hear the feet of rain approaching. Let me say it to you this way. What the prophet Elijah was saying to King Ahab is there is a voice that I can hear that you can't hear. He was saying, there's something that I'm hearing in, in my ears that I can hear that I know you can't hear. And what it's saying is, it's about to rain. I know what I said years ago. I said there'd be no rain or there'd be no dew yet at, at my word. But I'm telling you, in my ears, in my spirit, I hear the sound of an abundant rainstorm that's about to show up. And you better get ready for it. He said, I know you don't see a cloud in the sky. I know it doesn't look like rain. I, I, but I'm telling you, I hear 
the sound of rain on the way. Have you ever been outside and you see the rain clouds in the distance and you can hear the rain begin to come in the distance? What the prophet was saying was, I know you cannot hear the rain, but I'm telling you, I sense something in my spirit. I hear a humming sound. I hear a voice of, of rain approaching. I hear the footprints. I hear the feet. I hear the feet of rain coming this way and you better get ready. You need to catch this main thought. Your proximity to God will determine what you hear. Your proximity to God will determine what you hear. You know what this means? This means relational prayer. How do you have this? There can be no more idols in your life. One of the reasons he wanted to take care of the false prophets once and for all, he wanted to stand and let them know there would be no idol take the place of Jehovah. You have to surrender. You have to draw close so that the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Elijah heard what others couldn't hear. Elijah had a closeness to the Lord that the others didn't have so he could hear what others could not hear. Have you ever said, man, I wish I was in tune spiritually like the pastor. I wish I was in tune uh, uh, spiritually like, like, like Mama Joe. Have you ever said that? I can tell you, you can have the same closeness of the Spirit of God. Just spend some time alone with him and open up your ear and listen to what he might say to you. Some of you are saying, uh, uh, this is what I want to tell you. Some of you are not hard of hearing. You just aren't close enough to God to hear what he's saying. You're not hard of hearing. You're just not close enough to hear what he's saying. You're, some of you are saying, God, would you please speak? And God is saying, I am. Get closer. You're saying, God, speak to me. Show me. I want, I want to hear from you. And God is saying, I am. Get a little closer. You want to be able to hear the voice of God? Then do what Elijah made the people do. He said, it's time to give up your idols. It's time to fully surrender. And this is the first step of putting God in the position to be able to speak into your life. Some of you are not allowing God to speak because things are not in the proper position. He is not in the proper position. I remember reading the story of, uh, about that, that, uh, that uh, Chris Hodges shared, the pastor of the Highlands Church, and uh, he has multiple locations, but very strong in the state of Alabama. He was sharing about this young lady by the name of Lisa who, who works at their dream center. She was, she was a journalist, and she decided to quit her job because she felt like the call to, to do ministry full-time, and so she did this, and her, her place of service was the dream center. You know, one morning she was finishing up her breakfast and getting ready and the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, go to your drawer and grab this one pair of woolly socks. Now, doesn't that sound odd? That God would tell you to go pick a pair of socks out of your drawer and to stick them in your purse. And, and y'all probably don't do this. Again, y'all are, are more spiritual than most of us. And, you, you know, that's why the Lord brought me to sharpen me a little bit. But there's been some times, Pastor, that the Lord's told me to do something that I thought was odd. And I was like, Lord, are you sure? Y'all probably never question God that way. But I do from time to time. Amy doesn't, but it's just me. God's working on me. And I, 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 but the, the, the story that was told is that, 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 that she went to the drawer, even though she kind of was uncertain about this particular request, but she said, I'm going to get these socks and I'm going to put them in my purse. So she did. She, she left her house and she drove to the, to the Dream Center. And when she got there, she parked her car. And when she went to, to open up the Dream Center, right there at, on the steps at the threshold of walking into the building, there was a, a, a prostitute that was passed out on the doorstep. Lisa opened up the door, put her things inside, and then she picked up this, this woman who was passed out, and she cradled her in her arms until she regained consciousness. 
And a few minutes later, after her, her coming to herself a little bit, she was cold, and Lisa was trying to warm her up just a little bit, giving her a blanket. And then she looked at her and said, Is there, if you could have anything in the world right now to help you feel more comfortable and, and, and to feel safer and warmer, what would that one thing be? And without hesitation, this prostitute who had just come to herself looked at Lisa and said, I just really wish I had a pair of woolly socks. And Lisa said, you've got to be kidding me. She said, no, I, I just, I really wish I had a, a pair of woolly socks. And she said, hold on just a minute. And she went to her purse and she grabbed out those woolly socks and she gave it. She said, look what I have. Look, look what I have in my purse that the Lord told me to bring. And the woman looked at her and said, look at this. These socks even match my outfit. Can I tell you what our God is able to do? Not only will he prompt somebody to bring you some woolly, woolly socks, he knows how to coordinate with your outfit. Come on, y'all. Our God is able to to do anything. And can I tell you tonight, if God begins to speak to you to put in woolly socks or a pair of clothes or, or something else, take some food or give some money, would you just be obedient to the Lord and do what he asked you to do? Because it may help somebody be, get ready to know that God cares about the smallest details of their life. Come on, if you believe it, give him pr praise right there. But you're going to have to get close to the Lord to hear what he's saying to you. Your proximity to God matters. But then we see secondly in the story that, that the prophet, he was preparing to labor. We've got to be prepared to labor. The Bible said in, in, in chapter 18, verse 42, so Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he crouched down to the earth and he put his face between his knees. It looks something like this. Don't worry, I'm, I'm older, but I'm still somewhat flexible, okay? He, he did this right here. I'm not going to put my head down too long because I don't want to get, you know, all the blood rushing into my head, Pastor. But he, he did that right there. He crouched down and put his head between his knees. Now, this seems, like, this seems odd, right? But, but instead of going to get food with the king, Elijah decided to separate himself. Do you remember what happened earlier that I told you in the background of the story that God sent him to the brook Cherith and sent him to Zarephath, separating him from everything else so that God could speak to him and position him for the things that he was about to encounter? God again directs him to go to the top of Carmel, separate himself. He wants him to get alone with him. And after getting alone in the presence of God, he puts his face, he crouches down and puts his face between his knees. Now, I used to always preach that, that it was a posture of prayer, and I believe that. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that at all, but, but as I, I looked a little further and, and thought about what the position that, that, that he took, uh, I believe it's part of humility and, and humbling himself. I believe it's all of that. But if you go back and you look in the Old Testament, when women, when, when women did not have, they, didn't, they don't have the, the technological advances that we have today, women, when they, would, when they would go into a birthing position, that was the birthing position for them. They would crouch down and, and they would get ready to, to, to birth a child. That, that, that's what they would do. That would be the position. Now today, I mean, when, when Amy gave birth to our kids, and I'm so glad that, that she was the one doing that, not me. I, my legs cramped a little bit while she was giving birth, but I know mean, it doesn't compare to what she went through. But I, I mean, today we have all these nice rooms. I mean, we have these birthing tables. And I mean, there was a recliner in there for me, praise be to God. I mean, there's all these things and advances that we have, all this equipment 
And, and we have this thing called an epidural. I don't know if you know this or not. Amy says it's an amazing thing. I, I haven't had one personally, but it looked like she was doing just fine when she received it. But I'll never forget when our second, our, our second child, my, my only son, Miles, was born. We, we lived in Gaston, Alabama, and, and we had a special event that night at church. And I, she said, going to the event, I'm fine. She was, we felt like she was going into labor, but the first time with our first child, we went to the hospital too soon, and they sent us back. And she said, I'm just going to wait here, and I'll let you know. This was back in the day of pagers. Anybody remember the day of pagers? Uh, some of y'all, you know, a pager on your kids. It's a real thing, I promise. It, there was a day before cell phones, in case you didn't know. But, but I didn't have one. We were too poor. I was a student pastor, and we didn't make very much. And so, But there were people in my church who had one. And I said, here's their number. If you're going into labor, put in 911. They'll tell me, and I know i got to come back to the house. So about midway through the event, two of the guys looked at me and said, you got to go, you got to go. And we had people in our church who were nurses that worked on the labor and delivery floor, and they followed me to our house. Our house was literally a mile from, 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 the, uh, from the church. We lived in the parsonage. And, and we get in there, and the, the nurses said, well, let us see how far dilated she is. And, and they looked, they came out, and they said, you got to get her to the hospital. She's dilated at 7, and if she gets to 8, she can't have an epidural. My wife looked at me. She said, you did this to me, and if you don't get me to the hospital before 8, I'm going to kill you. So, no, she didn't say that part. I said, I'm going to get you there. So we had a guy in our church, his name was Haney. He was a 5-0. And I called and said, Haney, you got to get me some, some cop cars here, man. I, I, I got to get to the hospital. Whatever we got to do. Amy's at 7. If she gets to 8, she can't have that epidural. That's not good in our home. That's not going to be a good situation for me. So I need you to get here. He pulled up with three cop cars. I had a white Explorer back in those days. So I had two cop cars in front. I had my Explorer and a cop car behind me. I looked like OJ going down the interstate all through gas in Alabama trying to get to the hospital. He said, can you keep up? I said, not a problem. I'll be there. People were pulling over looking at me thinking I was in trouble and I was just rolling down the window yelling, I'm having a baby. I just wanted to know I wasn't in trouble. I got her to the hospital. She, she got the epidural. Miles came. I'm in good standing. All is well. Thanks be to God. But what we had in the way of medical ad, ad, advantages and advancements in the Old Testament, they did not. The women would assume this position of, of getting, to getting to a place that the midwives would tell them and they would get down and they would crouch down on their knees and they would tell them when it was time, when they see the head cresting, they would tell them it's time to push. I feel like preaching this now. So they would, they would get in that position and they would crouch down and they would push. Well, the Bible said that the, the prophet went to the top of Carmel to get alone with the Lord. And it is a posture of prayer. But I also believe he was assuming a posture because he had already heard the miracle in his ears. But he knew the miracle had to be birth, Pastor. So he, he crouched down between his knees and he was listening. He'd already heard it spiritually. He'd already heard it in his ears. He'd already told the king, you better get ready. But he went to the top of Carmel to pray until he heard the word push. You say, Pastor, you, you don't know for sure that it doesn't say in the Bible that, that he heard the word push. Well, if he could hear the sound of abundance of rain in his ears, I believe he could hear the word push when it came time for the miracle to be birthed. So he crouched down between his knees or crouched down and put his head between his knees 
knees, which I believe was a prayer position to begin to birth something. Elijah was about to give birth to the miracle. He was expecting God to perform the supernatural. He was travailing in the spirit for God to do what only God could do, and that was to send rain. Many of us want God to perform the miracle, but we're unwilling to labor for it. We want God to do everything and it costs us nothing. But I want to tell you, some of us may have to uh, 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 crouch down with our head between our knees and when God says push, that we begin to push to receive the, uh, 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 the, the, the miracle from God or the supernatural of God. We're going to have to labor for it. And Mount Carmel, on top of Mount Carmel, the prophet said, you go eat, I'm going to travail and I'm going to push until this miracle shows up. But then after he was preparing to labor, there was one more step that, that needed to happen. He began to look for the answer. Look what the Bible said in verse 43. And he said to the servant, go up, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And Elijah said, well, go back. And he said, go back seven times. Now, does this seem discouraging to you? It does to me. I'm a little discouraged. You know, many times we want God to answer the prayer on the first prayer, on the first prayer moment. We want God to just do it the first time we come up about it. I would love to tell you that that has happened for me every single time that I've come up for a moment of prayer to believe for God to move, that he did it instant or immediately in that moment. But there's some, been some times that I've had to travail a little while. There's been some times that I've had to push through to receive what God intended for me. Have you ever prayed like this, that you were looking for the answer and there was nothing? Let me say it to you this way. Have you ever prayed and you feel like the prayer hit the ceiling and came back and smacked you right in the face? Is it just me? Am I the only one? There have been moments in our life where we're praying, we're asking God to do what only God can do, and it seems like God is not moving. We're asking God to move. We're asking God to show up. We're asking God to provide, and we're looking for the answer, and we see nothing. Well, you're in good company because the Bible said this is what the prophet experienced. And I, 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 mean, I, I mean, the poor servant here had to go look. I mean, the man of God's over there travailing. He's pushing. He's in the labor position. He, he's believing for God to birth a miracle that he's heard in his ears. And, and the servant keeps looking. And, and the servant goes, a prophet, a man of God, I'm telling you, I looked and there's nothing. I bet he was going back about time number two. Okay, God, I, I mean, I've already made one track up here. And I'm asking you to help me one more time. And he looked again and he saw nothing and he went back. He was probably thinking, I don't know how to tell the man of God there's nothing there. But he said, prophet, there's nothing there. He said, go look again. I bet about the third time, he's like, I'm really tired of walking this track because there was nothing the first two times. I'm not even sure there's going to be anything this time. And he went and he looked and there was nothing. He had to go back again. Tell the prophet, prophet, I'm sorry. I've gone three times. You know, I, I've gone a trinity of times. I, I would think the trinity would work, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that'd be enough, right? No, no, rain, no rain cloud. And he said, go back again. Now, I, again, I said it earlier, I don't know about you, but about time number four, I'd have been like, prophet, do you think maybe you should go look and I'll just hang out here for a little while? Maybe I'll talk to the Lord for a minute. Maybe, you, maybe, you're, the, maybe you're the factor here. Maybe if you go look, it, 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 it'll happen. But he said, no, go look again. He went the fourth time. He went the fifth time. He went the sixth time. Nothing, 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 nothing. And on the seventh time, the Bible indicated that he saw the si a cloud about the size of a man's hand. I, I don't have time to tell you. You know what the number seven means. Pastors preach that. He, 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 you know the, the number of seven means perfect, perfection or completion, 
wholeness. You know that. But the Bible said in verse 44, and the seventh time the servant said, a cloud as small as the, the, the size of a man's hand is coming up from the sea. See, I love this because every time the servant came back, there was an expectation by the prophet that he was going to see the report or hear the report of a cloud because of what he already heard in his ears. The servant said, we, we, we have something here. We have a, small, a cloud about the size of a man's hand. I know it's not much, but I see a cloud coming up over the horizon. Can I tell you, it doesn't take very much for God to perform the miracle. He can do a miracle about a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And, 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 and you have to understand that when the, when the servant said, prophet, I only see a small cloud. It may be a little something, but we need to remember who the prophet was. It was the prophet Elijah. This is the same prophet that was sustained by ravens at the brook. He was sustained by a poor widow who was running out of oil and flour. It was the same prophet that was outnumbered at Mount Carmel, but God performed the miraculous victory up there on the top of a mountain. So hearing the report of a small cloud did not discourage him at all. He felt it was the fulfillment of the miracle that was about to manifest in that moment. So I believe Elijah began to celebrate because he knew that the rain that he heard in his ears was about to show up physically on the earth. Can I remind somebody in the rooms, sometimes God lets you see just a little bit, but not the whole thing of what he's about to do. Would you hold on to the cloud that God shows you? Because the abundance of rain is about to show up if you just continue to believe what you've already heard in your spirit and then what you see with your physical eyes. See, God shows you just enough so that you'll keep praying. God shows you enough that you'll continue to assume that position over there, that birthing position to say, oh God, I'm ready to push when you tell me to push. Some of you, you, you God wants you to, to, to experience the miracle, but you have quit assuming the position of the miracle that will show up. You've stopped pushing and said, God, it's not going to come, but God says, push one more time and get ready for what I'm about to do. See, the small cloud, you have to understand, he heard this sound of abundance of rain. And I want to remind you in the room, it's not just all in what you see, but it's what you've heard and the promise that God has given you in your spirit. See, in a little while, the Bible said in verse 45, that the sky grew dark with clouds and wind, and there were heavy showers. Heavy showers means it came a downpour. You ever heard it rains, you know when it's raining hard and it hits your windows and, 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 and you ever rain so hard when you're driving your car and I mean your windshield wipers are going as fast as they can go and, and you can't see and you got, sometimes we pulled over underneath a bridge just waiting for it to, to clear out just a little bit so we can see. This is the type of rain that had fallen. See, this verse is the evidence of the supernatural power of God and the promise of his word through his prophet. We need to be assured that when God says he'll do something, He's going to do it. This is an affirmation of his word from this morning. When God says he's going to do something, be assured that God will do it. Now, that doesn't mean that he does everything and you do nothing. I'm afraid in the church too many times, we want God to do everything and we don't want to have to do anything. That's not what I read in the Bible. The prophet said, rain is about to come. Let me get somebody to come play softly for me and I'll, I'll, I'll try to put a caboose on this thing pretty quick. I remember the story that, that I read and, and I heard that Dr. Tony Evans shared. It was a story 
about a crusade that, that they were going to do in, in the state of South Carolina and in, in Columbia, there, there at the uh, uh, stadium there. And there were about uh, uh, 15 to 20,000 people that were sitting in the stadium and they were, they were preparing to hear the gospel message. Before the service, all the ministers gathered in a room and, and, and the planning commission as well, and they met in a room underneath the stadium and they were there to pray. And someone came in who was a, a part of the uh, organization of, of this gathering, this meeting, and he said, I just want to make everyone aware that we have been, we have been, uh, 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 been, been given information that there is a major thunderstorm coming our way at 7 o'clock p.m. Now, this was an outdoor event, open, open air stadium, not, not a beautiful facility like this that's enclosed and, and climate controlled. They said there's a great storm that's coming and it's going to start about 7 o'clock. And at the time that they got this information, it was around just 6 p.m. or shortly after, and it was their time of prayer, but it did not look good for the meeting to, to, to fully take place and for them to be able to complete it because of the storm and what was on the radar. It was a very severe storm. And so they decided that they would begin to pray about the meeting, about the rain that was forecasted. And according to Dr. Evans, all the ministers, he said, including myself, prayed safe prayers. You ever prayed a safe prayer? Do you know what a safe prayer is? God, just, just, just touch them. God, just bless them. There is nothing wrong with those prayers. In fact, many times I, I have prayed some of those prayers. I don't think there's anything wrong with them, but, but, but they, were, they were looking at the radar. They understood the forecast, and they were praying these, these safe prayers. And at the end of the, all of the pastors and ministers praying, there was a five-foot-one lady named Linda who requested to pray. Now, uh, uh, Linda said, uh, would it be all right, Dr. Evans, would it be all right if I, if I could pray? And all the ministers looked at each other. And they thought, well, I mean, what's one more prayer going to hurt, right? So uh, they said that, 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 that Linda began to pray, and this is what she said. I'm going to read it because I, I, I want you to see what she said. She said this as she began to pray. She said, Lord, we are here doing what you asked us to do. That's a good start, right? Lord, we're here doing what you asked us to do. You asked us to win people to Jesus Christ. You asked us to proclaim your word. We have prepared. We have spent money. We have given of our time. We have expended energy to put this crusade together. And then what she said next is she's getting bold. She has removed herself from the safe zone. She said, Lord, you would embarrass yourself if you let it rain because you control the weather. Dr. Evans said, uh, he was afraid that Linda was getting out there and getting a little crazy. And uh, she made this statement right after this one. She said, the one she said was, Lord, you would embarrass yourself if you let it rain because you control the weather. And the next phrase or the next sentence that she said, therefore, Lord, I command you not to let it rain. Dr. Evans said when they said that, all the ministers just took a step back away from Linda just in case that that thunder and lightning might enter into that room where they are. They got a little nervous because Linda had gone from the safe zone to the miracle zone. She had gone from the place of praying a safe prayer to a bold prayer because she understood the power of her God. I feel this. He said the preachers were looking around making sure that lightning was not about to strike her. And after that, 
After that, she said, amen. So they all kind of looked at her and they made their way towards the platform where their seats were. And Linda sat right over here where this woman in the red is. She sat down right over there. And the MC comes out and tells the crowd, we, are, we are, uh, have been advised that, 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 that major weather, a major weather storm is coming our way. We have seen it on the radar. And it looks like it's going to come right over the top of the stadium. And we're going to go as long as we can go. So they began to sing and worship. And, and they could see the clouds in the distance. They could see the dark clouds forming behind them. And, and they could hear the thunder in the distance. And all of a sudden, it began to mist. And... The men on the platform who had been given umbrellas put their umbrellas up and there was a man sitting beside Miss Linda on that second or third row and he put his umbrella up and she hit that umbrella away. Get, get that umbrella, get the umbrella off of me. She knocked that umbrella away because she knew what she had already prayed. And so the story goes as they continue to tell it that as the dark clouds and the rain, because they could hear the rain in the distance, as the dark clouds got to the edge of the stadium, the clouds begin to split. One cloud formed on the left side and one cloud began to form on the right side and it was raining on the outside of the left side of the stadium. It was raining on the right side of the stadium, but on top of the stadium, there were no clouds that were over them and there was was no rain that was falling. Uh, he said he looked down at Linda and when the man tried to put that umbrella over her, she knocked it away and she was looking to the sky. She knew what she had prayed. What did she do, Pastor? She said, I'm going to get in the position because I've already heard what God can do and I'm going to push until the miracle shows up. I know it looks like rain, but I believe God can push it aside so that people can hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And people gave their heart to the Lord that night as a result of that crusade that took place. I want to tell you what the Bible said in John, James 5, 16 through 18. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or woman can accomplish much when it's put into action and made effective by God. It's dynamic. It can have tremendous power. The Bible said Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. The same mental, physical, spiritual limitations and shortcomings. But he prayed intensely for it not to rain and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months but he prayed again and the sky gave rain and the land produced its crops as usual can I tell somebody in the room there are moments in our life when God has given us a word but we're going to have to assume the position and push until the miracle shows up I don't know who I'm talking to tonight in Poplar Bluff Missouri but I came by to tell you the miracle is about to manifest you've already heard the sound of rain in your ear you may have to assume the position but you get ready for what God is about to do in your life come on stand to your feet with me stand to your feet with me come on somebody just begin to lift your hands and praise him in the room with me I'm telling the Holy Ghost is in the room with us just open up your mouth and begin to pray in your prayer language if you got it if you don't have the Holy Ghost say God fill me with the Holy Ghost Woo. come on praise him just another second it's alright Day 
hear me tonight, family. Some of you have already heard the sound in your ears. You're telling people, I know it doesn't look like rain. Woo! It doesn't look like rain, but I know what I've heard. Hey, and you just need to go ahead and get in the proximity of what God has told you and go ahead and assume the position of a prayer position, a birthing position for the miracle that's about to show up. And some of you just need to go look again. Some of you stop looking on the fourth time. God's saying, go back again. God's saying, go back again. God's saying, go back again. Look one more time. Look one more time. Look one more time. Because I'm telling you, there's a cloud in the distance about the size of a man's hand. And he's about to pour out the miracle in and on your life. Woo! Here's the altar call tonight, family. Some of you. This ain't Mount Carmel, but it is an altar. And the prophet proved on the top of Carmel when he rebuilt the altar that the fire of our consuming God was able to come down and prove for once and, once and for all who he was and who he is. I don't know what kind of miracle you need tonight. But I say this all the time in my church, Pastor. The best time to get a miracle is when you need one. The best time to get a miracle is when you need one. And I don't know what you have need of tonight. But I'm, I've been praying for God to perform the miraculous. It's been spoken over our ministry, Pastor. We're, we're, we're nothing special. That, that, that the miracle signs and wonders would begin to manifest. And I'm telling you, we've been seeing it. I told the story of Mark Henry in the other night from my church who had the heart attack and they'd given up on him. In two weeks, he walked out of the hospital and he sent me a text. Was it today? He sent me a text today. He said, my, 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 what a powerful presence of the Holy Spirit was in the room. They said he'd never walk out and if he'd walk out, he'd be a vegetable. Well, he's working out every day. He, he, he's about to get a promotion on his job. What are you trying to say, Pastor? Our God can still perform the miraculous. It doesn't matter what you have need of. Our God is able to perform it. It doesn't seem how, if it's impossible for you, guess what? It's possible for our God. If you think there's no way God could perform the miracle in your life, I got news for you, friend. Our God is able to do anything because what he's done in somebody else's life, he can certainly do in yours. Man, I don't know if you feel what I feel, but I'm telling you, this is an atmosphere where you can push to get your miracle. Woo! Hey, I'm trying to act right because y'all don't know me, but I feel something moving in this room tonight. I don't know what you need, but I know God's able. And if you need the miraculous to show up, if you've already heard the sound of a roar, of a hum, of abundance, the footprints of rain, I would encourage you to come step out of your seat and come stand to this altar, and we're going to agree together. Y'all have anointing oil, Pastor? Y'all have anointing oil? Where is it? Okay, I got it. I got you. I love it. I love it. We're going to pray for God to perform. I feel something moving and stirring in this room tonight. I'm not here to go through the motions of another church service. I'm telling you, I believe God's about to show up. He's about to touch some people in this room. And you're going to walk away with your miracle. 
When I got down here, I would just throw my hands up and say, God, I'm assuming the position. I'm going to labor till it shows up. Glory to God forever. Glory to God forever. I'm going to start praying for people. If you got prayer partners, just hang with us. The name of Jesus. God, give her the miracle that she needs. Give her the miracle that she needs, Holy Spirit. Yeah, go ahead and receive, sister. Go ahead and receive. Thank you. Go ahead and receive. It's all right. You're all right. Receive, daughter. Receive daughter, receive daughter. I pray God let her receive your miracle, sir. Receive your miracle. You already declared the turnaround's coming. Go ahead and receive the full miraculous of what God has for you, woman of God. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, receive, receive, receive your miracle. Receive your miracle. Receive your miracle. Receive your miracle, receive your miracle tonight. Receive, receive, receive. Name of Jesus, Shoma Kataba Sataba Yerebeanda. No Mokoroboyana Mashata. Lord, let him walk in the new season that you have for him. Nebo Koroboyana Mashata Basata Basata. If you may have whispered in your ear, it's over, but you've already heard the sound of abundance of rain. That disqualifies what he's trying to tell you. Keep looking. Keep looking. The name of Jesus. Touch mama tonight. Give her the miracle that she desires. Give her the miracle she desires. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, receive your miracle tonight. Go ahead, receive your miracle tonight. The name of Jesus, Sheba, Babayanda. In Jesus' name. Give them their miracle. Give them their miracle. Give them their miracle. In the name of God, Thank you, Jesus. God, the miracle. Give him the miracle. Give him the miracle. Give him the miracle. Give him the miracle. Thank you, Jesus. Give him the miracle. We pray in the name of Jesus. Touch Mark. Go ahead, receive. 
Go ahead, receive, daughter. Hey, Abbas, go ahead, receive right there. Yeah, go ahead, receive right there. Thank you, Jesus. Give him the miracle, God, that he needs tonight, Holy Spirit. Touch mama tonight, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. 
It'll be easy to quit looking, but the Lord says, tell her, keep looking. Keep looking. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Touch this woman of God tonight. I pray, give her the miraculous. Show up. Let it manifest. I pray, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Miss anybody? I know I prayed for you once, but God, I pray, let it show up. Expect it. Expect it. No more show more yama I see I'm so po yama yama sapa pa kapa yebianda. Do bo 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 yo no no bo sita basata basata basita. Let her see it, Lord. The name of Jesus. Say da bakata po yanda ba yebianda bo soto po yada la basata basita. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Come on, just set your hands all across the room. Did we get everybody? Give him the miracle that he needs, Holy Spirit. Push. 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 Thank you, Jesus. He's doing a work in you, sir, all day long. He's doing a work in you, sir, all day long. Father, thank you for letting him respond to you this entire day. God, I pray he would be reminded of what you're able to do. In the name of Jesus. He's been waiting on you, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Touch these babies. Touch these babies. Touch this young man. Thank you, God. Just go ahead and receive all from him. Just let him work you over. It's all right. God, less of him and more of you today. Rain on him, Holy Ghost. Give him the miracle, Lord. Give him the miracle. Give him the miracle. Just push. Just push. Just push. The reason King and Savior. Come on, sing that.
Come on, family, just, just lift your hands for just a minute. Come on, just praise him for just a minute. I hear rain, I hear rain, I hear rain, I hear rain. I hear rain, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Some of you just need to push one more time. Some of you need to look one more time. It's coming, it's coming. It's coming, it's coming. Woo. Come on, praise him just another second. It's all right. Praise him just another second. It's why we're here. Come on, some of you need to push. Some of you need to push. Touch this daughter. Go ahead, daughter. Receive from him tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Receive from him tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Just push. Just push. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. pastor's going to come in just a minute. He's still praying with a few people in the altar. I want to tell you, I hear the sound of rain. I hear the sound of rain. I'm telling you, pastor, you get ready for what God's about to pour out on this house. I'm telling you, I, I feel a shift in the atmosphere tonight. Woo! Let it be, Lord. Somebody needs to go look again. Some of y'all have quit looking. But the Spirit of God says, go look again. Some of you have quit pushing. You've quit travailing. You've quit laboring. But God says it's time to push. Woo. It's time for the miracle to show up. Hey. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Woo. Man, I feel him in the room with us today. Hey, come on one more time. Sit your hands right here and just bless him for a second. Can we wait on him just a second? Just, just praise him for just a minute. Thank you, Jesus. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord. And he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard and he answered. I sought the Lord. And he heard, 
any answer. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord. And he heard and he answered. Come on, somebody just push in there with me for a second. I sought the Lord. Come on, somebody push in there with me for just a minute. Push in there with me for just a second. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. Just lay your hand on the person beside you. I, I, I think we already did this once, but I want to do it one more time. Just feel impressed to do it one more time. Say, Pastor, why are we doing it? We're looking again. We're going to look again. Father, as we lay a hand on a brother and a sister, as we hold their hand and we put their, our hand on their shoulder, Lord, I'm asking for the miracle to show up because we've already heard the sound of abundance of rain. Woo! God, pour out on us, Holy Spirit, everything that you've intended. Come on, if you got a prayer language, just begin to pray in that prayer language. Hey, I hear a sound, I hear a sound. Look again. Just look again. Push. Look again. The name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, praise the family. Come on, praise the family. I'm telling you, the miracle's just over the horizon. That cloud's about to show up. There's rain forming. There's rain coming. Get ready. Get ready for what he's about to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Push.
to push. Come on, push. Look again. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why, that's why. I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, that's why and he I trust him. sing one more song here in just a second but before we do that I want to pray for uh, the visionary of the house your pastors I, I want to pray for them but, but before before I give it back to them I want to pray for the pastor and the first lady I know you know this but I just want to tell you what you have in the way of pastoral leadership shepherd leadership You, you, have, you have gifted pastors and leaders that have oversight of this house. He's a visionary leader. And I'm so glad the Lord saw fit to connect us. Our, our relationship is, is, is just beginning. But please don't cut me off, sir. I said this morning, this house is a secret in the church of God. Well, everywhere I'm going, I'm going to talk about it so it ain't going to be a secret much longer. Because God is doing something in this place. There is an atmosphere. There is an atmosphere of worship. There is an atmosphere for the miraculous. There is an atmosphere that when people walk into the doors of this house, there is an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is drawing them and they cannot be the same. I'm just telling you, sir, I know God has given you vision for the future, but I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you this, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just a little nervous when I feel like the Lord wants me to do stuff like this, because it just makes me nervous. You probably don't get nervous, but I just feel nervous. I feel like the Holy Spirit says, just dream a little bigger. I know you got big dreams. You, you, you wouldn't do all this from the place that you showed me the last time I was here. And I don't know fully what you want to do because we haven't had a chance to talk about that. But I feel the Holy Spirit says, just dream a little bigger. And I feel the Holy Spirit says this. This is the part I'm really nervous about. about the money don't worry about the money of how the vision can be facilitated 
I wish I had the answer of how it's going to come, but I, I, I don't. But I just feel the Holy Spirit, and I'm shaking on the inside. The Lord says, don't worry about the money. I don't know what that means to you. You probably do, but I don't. Pastoral leadership, elders or council or whatever y'all do here, everybody does it different. I want you to just come and you can you can come on the platform, you can stand around in whatever you want to do, however y'all want to do it. Uh, uh, wives, if you're here too, I, I, I don't know how y'all do that, but come stand with the first lady. I don't know if y'all can feel what we feel here, but I'm telling you. Come on, family, stretch your hands this way towards your pastors. Touch the first lady, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, let vision of the house be fulfilled. Let vision of the house be fully funded. God, let it accomplish the thing that you said it would to advance the kingdom of God. And we thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do. Sing that. Sing all my life, yeah. With every breath that I am Come on, family, just lift your hands and bless the Lord. of the goodness of God. Sing your goodness, your goodness. Can you do that part? Sorry, I threw you off. I threw you off. Do what you got to do. My bad, y'all. I didn't know where you were. It's my fault. Your goodness is running out. It's running out to me.
I just want to turn around and just shake someone's hand. You say, well, there's no one there. Oh, yes, there is. Goodness is following after me. He's right there. <clears throat> everything that we've ever dreamed of, everything that we've ever cast vision about, everything that we have pushed, preached, taught, prayed about, warred over, was absolutely spoken here tonight. And it's almost like I want to keep telling and remind us, revival is not coming, it's here. It's already showed up. We have to now foster it, pastor it, guard it, and continually open up and allow it to keep burning. We just gotta keep throwing the wood on the fire. We can't let the fire go out. Somebody said, well, how much presence are you thinking we need or how much presence do you, do you want? More than I can take. I don't want to wait out in my ankles and then my shins and then my knees and then my waist and my chest and say, it's getting too deep. I'm going back to my experience. I want to swim in the mercy of God. Can I have an amen? I want more than, I want my cup runneth over. I want goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. And when I lay down my head, I want to hear him say, "Good, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've done a good job. You finished the course. You kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give unto me, but not only to me, but to all them. The look and love is appearing. I don't know about you, but you all ought to be excited about what was preached here tonight. How many's pushing with me? Are you pushing with me? In 37 years of ministry, I've heard that text preached a million different ways. A lot of the stuff that he preached, I heard before, but I've never heard the content about the position of a lady. I, I, I never thought of it in that way. A rhema. You gave a rhema for the church tonight. Wow, that's powerful about the birthing. We're here to birth. We're here. We're here. We're here. Let's push. Let's push. Amen. Let's have triplets. How about it? Or quadruplets. Amen. Let's don't settle for one. <laughs> Lord have mercy. When I got a picture of poor little Ashley, Ashley right after the baby. I, I won't show a lot of people that picture. Just family. And Sam's just in the picture laughing his head off. And she had asked him, her face is real dumbfounded and like, what in the world? And I'm thinking, what just transpired in that picture? 
And when she finally had the baby and the baby was fresh born, she, she looked up at Sam and said, how much did it weigh? He said, eight pounds and five ounces. And, and she said, that's the biggest one yet. And when she said yet, I thought, surely you're not thinking about having more. Give us children lest we die. Oh, I tell you, how many of you appreciate the glamorous? Do you appreciate them coming all this way just for us? See, he don't know what he's got himself into because he said that our relationship just began. He can't come and stir something up like this and never come back. And uh, he's got to give me his word he'll come back. And Amy, you, we'll have to have you preach along with him. We'll have a week revival or something. How many of you like to have a week revival? Amen. Woo! Amen. Is that not a preacher of preachers? No wonder his church is growing and blowing it out doing everything in the world. He's turning that whole region upside down, inside out. Oh, we love you tonight. We want you to continually press, continually pray, continually worship, have your alone time with the Lord. Come in and expect miracles every time you walk in the door. Bring a miracle with you, amen? God bless you. Hug someone, tell them you love to have them tonight. Just fellowship one with another, amen? Give us worship team a great big hand.